Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I'm just smiling right now because I just, I'm so at home here, you know, with the mic in front of me, just doing this podcast work, doing this healing work through the podcast medium. And I guess it it just feels so at home. And I think it's because I've always been a writer, but I guess at heart, I've always been a communicator, you know, and writing has been my home for forever. I've loved writing, writing. (laughs) I smile just thinking about it because I just love it. But, you know, as a child, I was shy And honestly, my voice and what I had to say was not encouraged much. It wasn't cherished. It was definitely not appreciated. appreciated. Um, And it just, you know, it it wasn't really wanted. All of you that was like, oh, thank you for that (laughs) empathy. But... I guess with podcasting for me, to make a long story short, it just, it heals my throat, you know, as a person who's always had the gift of gab, who's always wanted to talk, but has been scared to, you know, when I was very, very young. So every time I click that record button, I'm just like, yay. I truly do do love this shit. So if it's your first time here, hello. Thank you so much for coming and joining my healing community in, um, you know, any way, shape or form, whatever content that you consume, you're you're now part of the community. So thank you for being here as long as you are, (laughs) as long as you choose to stay. Um, I am Nicole Hills. And who is that? That is a healer, spiritual teacher, spiritual healer. Um, I make and write and produce. Yeah, I I guess I could say produce my own, you know, it's a one woman show over here. Um, I produce my own healing content. You know, I make the scripts for my videos, which you can view on YouTube. I make the scripts for these podcasts, which you can also, uh, well, you're listening to it now, (laughs) but um, if you look in the show notes and you can see all the additional places where this podcast is, um, well, has been accepted. And that gets me to an extraordinary announcement that I forgot to make last episode and I was kind of sad about it. But y'all, my podcast is now, has finally been been accepted by Apple Podcasts. Yay! And it's now also on iHeartRadio. Yay! It's lit. So just jump around for me if you can, you know, stamp, stamp your foot a little, point your toe. You know, do a little snap, do a little for me, you know, like any type of movement you want to do, just do it for me. You know, jerk your shoulders a little bit because like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy for myself. It's lit. Um, Also, a little while back of this month, this podcast made one month. It's one month old. Ah! No, wait, wait, wait. One month. Yes, I believe so. You know what? It was some milestone, child. So clap, clap your fingers for me <laughs> and snap your hands for me <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> back to who I am. Um, I make um spiritual spirituality content. I am a healer and I make healing content and I focus specifically on inner child healing because for me childhood is a library bank of 
who we currently are as a person, you know, it makes up our triggers, our personality, you know, our natural personality, our sense of like sensitivity, you know, and when we dwell in childhood and dive in deep there, or even dive in a little bit, we can resurface parts of ourselves that we forgot about, you know, and we can resurface states of being that we were, that we forgot about, like being sensitive, you know, like willingly being vulnerable or naturally being vulnerable as children are, you know? And so I urge so many people to go back to childhood and review their childhood, not even just for the sad stuff to work through, but for, you know, the happy stuff, for how you used to find a sense of joy, you know? Was you a mud pies girl or was you just a stick girl where you just carried around a stick all day and you just had a favorite stick every day? Were you a tr- um, climbing trees girl like me? <laughs> Were you a um, let's play with the snails girl, you know? Or were you a girl that, or, you know, not girl, but person, not just girl, but person as well, who everybody seemed to just love butterflies, but you was scared of them when they came around, you you know, and you may still not like butterflies today. That's okay, child. But, you know, what kind of person were you Before all of this pressure to be someone or something outside of yourself happened, you know, and you deserve to know that. So that's where I come in (laughs) and I hold people's hands and lead them back to childhood and just know that you are not in the wrong hands. You're in really good hands because all of these things I speak it from experience. If I did not already experience it, um, excuse me, if I did not wholly experience it, you know, there was some aspect of it that I experienced that I was able to draw from and add on additional information that just made so much sense. Because one thing about me, child, and we'll get into the episode, I promise, child. Well, this is the episode, child. I'm trying to play me. But one thing I've noticed ever since I had my spiritual awakening at like 19, I'm 25 now, and 25. Um, And even before that, but like speaking specifically of my spiritual journey, Anytime I've made an inference, you know, I I was able to connect certain dots. It's always been backed up by a therapist, you know, by psychology, by these wellness mediums that we have now. I'll consume the content and I'll be like, yo, I had this thought when I was like um, 20 and I remember having the thought. So please know you are in excellent hands. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so happy that you allow me, you know, in your life in some way, whether you're just in your PJs now and you're giving me your full attention. Thank you. As a Leo, um, that is greatly appreciated. (laughs) And you got your drink of water, your wine, your um, tea, coffee, whatever. However you are right now that you're hearing this, I appreciate you letting me into your life in this way. So without further ado, let me take you on a ride. But Right before we get into that, this healing work is my work. You know, it's my life. I was literally born for this, you know, made for this. And while it is my work and I love, so love doing it, it's also the cost, <laughs> you know, and also I deserve compensation for it because I'm putting 
you know, I was made to do this. I'm putting my energy, my great energy, my life force into this. And I deserve to be um, compensated. So in the guise of that, I appreciate in advance um, for all the people who want to bless my cash app, which is N-I-C-C-C-1. Don't forget the dollar sign. Um, And everyone who wants to subscribe to my Patreon where you can um, support me every month as a creator um, with $4.44 a month. You can also make, um, you know, a greater pledge if you want to send $6 every month. If you want to send me $1,000 every month, <laughs> please feel free to. I'm not stopping you, honey. <laughs> but also non-monetary ways, you know, if you don't got it like that right now. <laughs> As a lot of us, you know, that happens to us all the time, y'all. Nobody's judging you. You can follow me on my additional platforms where I share my healing content. You know, you can give me a like, give me a comment, give me a share. That all really does help me as a creator, you know, because a lot of the time as creators, we just create and we don't know, you know, what's going to happen to it when we release it you know, and it's just extremely helpful to know that we are helping people, you know, that people are consuming it and are liking it. And it really warms our heart. So feel free to warm my heart by following me on Instagram at Nicole.Heels. Dot is there because someone is holding the name hostage, (laughs) the all one word Nicole Heels hostage. And I'm kind of still tight about it, but follow me on there. Um, give me a like, give me a share, give me a comment on my content on there. I'm also on TikTok at Nicole Heels, one word. Um, and I also make content over there about healing, about inner child work. I'm also on YouTube where I make videos about healing. I have a whole healing series over there, which you can check out. And um I also do, like I said, I am a writer and I have additional content on Patreon. So not only can you support me on there as a creator in general, but you can also get some additional treats like journal prompts, like healing audios, you know, where I talk about healing and you can, you know, showcase my first love that I was just gushing over. You can experience my writing about healing. So also, if you're listening to this, I think it's either Spotify or Anchor, where this podcast is originally housed. On Anchor, there's a listener support option where, you know, you can extend some listener support. (laughs) Now, without further ado, let's get into it. So this episode is going to be about grieving. And oftentimes, we only look at grieving for life passing um, purposes. You know, someone dies, someone passes, and that's the only time we really set aside time, energy, and resources and allow ourselves to grieve. You know, it's even worked in, in our job force where we only really get like bereavement to deal with our emotional problems. And so that really just reinforces that notion that grieving is only for passing on, you know, that grieving is only for death of a loved one, of a person But I'm here to question, what about when other things die? What about when your idea of a dream job dies and you get hired and it's not what you expected at all? You know, what about then? Or what about when you get fired from a dream job? Or from a job at random that you, you know, kind of like, you kind of digged. 
seemingly out of nowhere and you're left feeling confused and all alone you know you can no longer see your co-workers every day you can no longer go to that environment every day you can no longer have happy feelings when you think about that job what happens when your respect dies for a job and and the happy good feelings the happy outlook that you had about that job dies what about when your idea of a dream school and well you have an idea about a dream school and you get in and you find that the school is actually harmful in some way what about then or when at least when you get into the school but it's not what you thought it would be or the school that you so wanted so bad rejects you can we grieve then should we grieve then What about, and this is the most popular that like people may allow themselves to feel bad over and like reflect in a grieving way. What about the ending of a friendship? Of a romantic relationship that you thought would stand the test of time and it just didn't. And it was completely out of your control. Do you at least take time to grieve those? Well, I'm here to tell you that you should. Because these feelings have to go somewhere. And it's uncomfortable to leave them steaming, stewing inside. And it's uncomfortable to only stop at anger. Because if you do that, then you'll be stuck in a cycle of rumination because you'll only be stopping at anger. You'll be controlling yourself to stop at anger. Meanwhile, your body and your mind know that there's more to process and will try. Yet, because you're controlling things and not just letting your emotions flow, Also acknowledging that a lot of us don't know how to do that. You know, that's valid. One thing about over here, small tangent in this healing community, we do not judge. You know, I'm even working to have some compassion for, you know, the parents that hurt us knowingly and unknowingly. So I'm trying to have compassion for everybody, but just know, especially for the people who got a bruised inner child, I'm definitely not judging you and the things I say in these episodes. So like I said before, you're in good hands, honey, (laughs) but like I said, um, yeah, yeah. You'll keep, you're trying to control things. So you'll keep stopping at anger. Meanwhile, your mind and your body knows that there's more to process and will try, yet you won't allow it to. So you, your mind and your body will keep having this back and forth. Oftentimes, these endings can draw up a lot of feelings of helplessness because it can feel like it's totally and completely out of your control. It can draw up a lot of feelings. Like I said about loneliness, you know, because thinking about it from a job standpoint, I feel like we should grieve, you know, work things, especially Oh my gosh, shout out to everyone right now that is in the job sphere, trying to get a job, looking for a job, and just feels so weird trying to figure out how to like commodify yourself and like all that you are, you know, your skill, 
That's so weird to me. And me personally, because I love, you know, we love to get personal over here. We, um, or I, excuse me, I have to grieve what I thought getting a job would be like. And a lot of us millennials and Gen Zers have to do that as well. Because we thought it would be like the boomers. We thought we could just get a job and it didn't even have to be our life or our career, but just a good paying job and be able to, if you can hear barking right now, that's not my dog. That's the neighbor's dog. (laughs) Every time I'm on the phone, someone's like, you got a dog? I'm like, no, I do not. It's not my dog. But, and it's not my feet either. You know, my dogs is not barking at all. It's a neighbor's dog. But yeah, we thought it would look a certain way. We thought we would get one a job right out of college and be able to have that monetary compensation to lead a more independent life. What we thought life was supposed to be from how we saw boomers living and how the stories that they told us. A lot of them could get a job right out of high school, pay for college with a summer job, get a car with a summer job, you know? And a lot of us, especially the media we consumed, reinforced that. So then when it came time for us to have our piece of the pie, the pie was a completely different flavor and it wasn't even up high. It was a little cupcake and we're just like, yo, what's going on? You know, and we have to grieve that. Especially boomers who don't have a job right now and are trying to get back into the workforce. You know, if you're in that, Um, predicament you have to grieve what you knew okay (laughs) and how the world has changed from how you knew it (sighs) I want to I want to link something onto that so bad but we're getting into that a little later but yeah so that's Thinking of that, that's how we can feel confused and all alone. And humans don't like feeling confused. You know, we like knowing, like naturally, biologically, from that standpoint, like from cavemen, to be confused was to be in danger in some way. You know, it was to be caught lacking. So we don't like to be confused. You know, our brain compartmentalizes things and relies on familiarity so that we are not just confused. Because when you think about it, being confused, it can make you feel scared. It can make you feel unsafe. It can cause anxiety. Yeah, simply being confused. And so when you apply that to different these different aspects of life, especially in which you have to grieve, in my opinion, if something leaves us mad confused where we now cannot rely on what's familiar, meaning we're encountering it for the first time or we're not encountering something for the first time, but it turned out a different way that we've never experienced before our sense of reality and familiarity is rattled. And I guess not necessarily grieve what like we knew. Well, maybe we should grieve what we knew. I think it's up to the person. Me, I'm sensitive. (laughs) I was a scared, anxious child. And I find, and I'm, um, what do they call it? Um, Yeah, I'm highly sensitive, a highly sensitive person at HSP. So for me, I have to grieve things on a deeper level. 
<laughs> you know, I have to grieve the most mundane things that seem mundane to other people. I have to soothe myself through these things. And you know how I got there? By reviewing my childhood for all the people <laughs> that are new and that are like, hmm, inner child healing. I'm, you know, intrigued. Yep. It tells you a lot about yourself. But yeah, a lot of us may be like me, highly sensitive, you know, may have been very scared and anxious, had very scary, dangerous, whether emotionally or physically or both, had those types of childhood where they may have to grieve things on a deeper level, you know, and that's okay. It really depends and relies on the type of person that you are. And so I feel like if you resonated with the fact that when you're when you feel confused, you're genuinely scared, maybe you should grieve. You know, maybe you should grieve the fact that things did not turn out the way that you thought it would, you know, based on your familiarity of the situation. Also, oftentimes, these endings can draw up feelings of disappointment, you know, because obviously we thought it would turn out a different way. And we get disappointed when, you know, things don't work out the way we wanted to. You know, things don't correlate with our optimism and what we hoped it would be so bad, especially relationships, especially romantic relationships. To get personal, I was dating. <laughs> And, you know, I met someone that I thought would, you know, be in my life longer. And things did not work out. And something happened that, like, I could not foresee at all, no matter how intuitive I was. Like, I just, I never thought it would happen like that. And, you know, now we don't talk now they're blocked and you know that feeling that a lot of people I know a lot of um a lot of women but like just a lot of people feel when you gotta block someone that you just never thought you would have to block or you know feel like you had to block and I had to grieve that for a while you know being the sensitive being that I am And, you know, we never got out of the talking stage, if you relate to that stage. I just call it the early stages of dating, but whatever. We have to grieve things like that. You know, I had to grieve that confusion. I had to feel it. I had to feel the anxiety that that confusion gave me in the moment and while processing later. You know, I had to feel that feeling of helplessness where I wanted the situation to turn, you know, in my favor so bad, but it just did not. And it just was not, you know, I had to grieve the disappointment, the rejection, the feeling of rejection and the feeling of dissatisfaction because for a lot of us, I really highlight disappointment and dissatisfaction as things within the grieving process because when we're depressed, you know, whether it's a depressive um, blip in our lives or we like have depression, disappointment and dissatisfaction are things that we run away from on the daily but we always seem to still encounter, you know, we are dissatisfied with life, disappointed with life. And 
if you've experienced that having depression or as a depressed person encountering it again when you're trying when you're trying to heal can be really scary and this is why i'm so happy that i'm getting into like i'm getting into the details you know i'm deep diving into grieving and what we should grieve you know because it really just shows how much emotion you know is in life how much emotion comes with being human and how much emotion may be stored within your body within the body that we just look over you know overlook and trust as a highly sensitive person I feel all of it. So that is what fuels my work, you know, because there may be people who aren't as sensitive as me, but also who um, ignore their sensitivity, avoid it, you know, because of how this world views emotions and sensitivity and how a lot of us are raised as children. Um you know, and may not cherish it or like feel it as much, you know, it gets this deep. I promise I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) I promise I'm not, y'all. So back to the main point, we feel all these feelings of helplessness, loneliness, confusion, disappointment, rejection, you know, dissatisfaction, That we have to feel and process in order to cleanly move on in a healthy way. And if we don't, then we can let that dissatisfaction and disappointment shape our worldview and perception in an unhealthy, pessimistic, and cynical way. Think of those people that have a bad breakup, you know, and they get hurt. And now their whole view of love is pessimistic. You know, they seemingly gave up on love. They may have given up on the view of a healthy love. Mm -hmm. And now they feel like they have to settle for mild toxicity. You know, not spicy, but mild. You know, for a little flirting. That's not really cheating. But, you know, depending on a person, it could be classified as that. But you know what I mean. And they will settle on the disrespect of their own boundaries because of this one relationship that ended badly. And then that pessimism can grow with every subsequent relationship because now you know, they're settling and they're conditioning themselves to settle more and more as it goes on until that pessimistic belief, you know, is now being fulfilled. That love hurts. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, they're unconsciously shaping their own reality because now of a lack of grieving and purging all of those feelings out so they don't stay within and disconnect you from yourself, disconnect you from your emotion, disconnect you from your optimism, disconnect you from your sense of worthiness, in experiencing a love outside of settling, a love outside of blatant hurt, not a love outside of harm, because people may harm us, you know? That's not something you can control, but they can make it up in additional love and compassion. They can compensate you with accountability you know which can can make it all better 
So that's what happens. You know, that's what happens. You can, it doesn't even have to be about a relationship, but you can apply that to life. And think about the ways in which all the situations you did not grieve. And now think about what you settle for in life, especially when it pertains to a job. Ooh, child, child, child. And now I know y'all know the route I'm about to take. <laughs> I know it ain't, I know it ain't the inner child. <laughs> you know it's your girl. <laughs> I'm so stupid. (laughs) But really, think about, but honestly, listen, if you laughed at that or at least like, you know, scuffed a little, (laughs) but it made you smile, this is what inner child work and healing work should be. It doesn't have to always be like depressive. It don't gotta always be like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and cry now. You know, it deserves, like we are, we have a full spectrum of emotion and it deserves to encounter all of the full spectrum. So if you went through something and you think about it and you wanna laugh at it, laugh, make jokes. It doesn't always have to be so serious and you're not immature for doing so. Because when you think about it, what really is maturity? I'm going to get into that in the next, in another episode. But child, think about it. We all have like this hive definition of it. But when you really look at it, it's kind of like a fog. It's just like a, a, a dark fog or a pigmented fog of stuff that really has no real or of meanings that really has no foundation of a definite meaning because if you ask different people they'll contribute different definitions and different perspectives so what really is maturity think about it that's your homework anyway (laughs) think about the things your inner child has to grieve all of the dreams they had that fell through or just didn't work out for whatever reason in your life. Think about that happening repeatedly by someone or something out of your control, by a caretaker who just wanted to control your life and thought that's what being a parent or being a caretaker, being a guardian was. And as a result, think about how scared and how confused and how disappointed and dissatisfied your inner child was and may still be. Think about how helpless they felt and actually were. And think about how they have back helplessness to process. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They most likely didn't have a time or a safe space to process their grief with life constantly changing over and over and only having a child's sense of familiarity to go upon life where you have to grow in your understanding. So think about the fact that there, they really, you may have felt you really had no foundation to rely on, no foundational thinking. Because as a child, you're always required of more and more and more every day. Whew. Yeah. So they need this time to ha- to process their grief with life and all of the ways their life did not work out how humans naturally expect. Because when we're born, we have an emotional set of needs that we do expect to get met. You know, to live in a home with perceived love, compassion, and patience 
for who we are as a person, but especially us as children, you know, to have our emotions acknowledged, let alone soothed by our caretakers, to be treated gentle and not be like yelled at for the smallest things, not be yelled at for mistakes that we didn't even know we were making because this is our like first time in this world and we have to rely on familiarity. And so when we're toddlers, if we don't have object permanence (laughs) or think about this, when we're babies, our needs just get met. Think about like food. We cry and we get the titty. And then when we're done, the titty just goes away and we don't have object permanence. So we don't really know where it goes. We just know it goes away. So think about that. That baby growing up into a toddler, now having a sippy cup, being given the sippy cup, and now you're done with it. And so you just throw it, like literally throw it on the ground. That is a sense of familiarity that we relied on as small humans. But now we're getting yelled at for it. And we literally don't know why. You know, we could be hit or, you know, sternly looked at and spoken to and be like, no, no. But we don't really know. Like, what is no, no? I'm done with this. You know, we're used to it just leaving. And so, (laughs) you know, like, think, really think about it. (sighs) Moving on to be and feel physically and emotionally safe. That's a natural expectation, you know, like, chill. To be prioritized, to have our feelings prioritized. And acknowledge and like, you know, have a sense of like that they're cared about and to have our independence encouraged instead of stifled. You know, and all of these other things that you could think of, it may be as small as when you were little and you saw these TV families and wanting your family to be like that. And having the expectation that this is what families do and are. This is how they are. And then think about getting constantly disappointed each time your family proves to you that you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> that is traumatic. If you, like, if you ask me, that is trauma, child. But you deserve to grieve the family structure that you had and ended up with. (laughs) Ended up with, you know, something out of your control that may and most likely did have you feeling helpless, (laughs) scared, confused, lonely, dissatisfied and disappointed. You know, having that over the family structure that you wanted. You deserve to grieve all of the ways that you no longer feel safe in your family dynamic or all of the, well, that and grieve the first times that you encountered that as a child or the fact that you encountered that as a child. You deserve to grieve and be mad at the fact that you no longer feel safe Simply chilling in your living room. (laughs) Chilling and being in certain areas of your house. You deserve to grieve that the fact that you feel instinctively that you have to clench or hold yourself in some way inside and turn off certain parts of yourself, certain chakras. In order to feel and be safe around your family. Because like, let's get into it. A little bit of spirituality, you know, on y'all. When, well, first of all, our three lower chakras 
are, it starts from the bottom, which is, you know, the base of your spine. That's your root. Then right under your belly button is your sacral, which holds your um, sense of emotion or expression. Your root holds your sense of safety and groundedness in this world. Your solar plexus is next up and it's like right below your breastplate, I guess, or your chest breastplate. Oh my God. (laughs) Show that you grew up on Bible study without saying that you grew up on Bible study because I don't even know where that came from. That just flew out. But yeah, under, under your breastplate is your solar plexus, which houses... Your sense of power, you know, and additionally, my own definition, your sense of like ability to be yourself, to express yourself, your sense of individuality and independence. Then next up, we have the heart chakra, which is my favorite, especially as a Leo, but as a highly sensitive person who operates out of their heart space. Yeah, Um, we all know what the heart, the characteristics of the heart. Then we have the throat which, you know, that's self-explanatory. Then we have the third eye, which is your into like your own sense of intuition, your own sense of knowing, you know, your own, I guess your own spirit and soul. And then after that, we have the crown chakra, which um, a lot of people try to open this without doing, you got to work from the ground up. But we have the crown, which... I guess creator knowledge, you know, is given to us, however you define the creator. And so if you feel to be around your family, you know, to feel safe being around them, that you have to turn off, you have to clench your midsection, you have to clench, you know, your, um, your Kegel, you know, do Kegel but a prolonged Kegel, like, you know, you have to clench your lower body. That means you don't feel safe. And we deserve to grieve that. If you feel like you naturally hollow, you know, turn down your shoulders and hollow your torso as a way to turn off your heart space and your throat in order to be around your family, that deserves to be grieved. You know, yeah, it goes that deep and even deeper to feel safe leaving your room, to feel safe simply acknowledging your caretakers with a simple high and being around them, even in passive passing. You deserve to grieve that you deserve to acknowledge that this is a dynamic you never, ever wanted. Yet it turned out this way. And that can be a great start or a milestone in your inner child healing. Because this is the trauma that happens when we're children. We're small and we're vulnerable and sensitive extremely. And we're easily confused and that scares us. You know, because we're so sensitive, things not working out how we perceived literally rattles us. Because it, 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 we lose a sense of foundation because we're not able to rely on familiarity. You know? And so our world gets shaken. This happens repeatedly. And we feel helpless and re- our reality gets shaken over and over again. And we deserve to grieve that. We deserve to grieve having our reality shaken and being beat in response, being yelled at and judged and shamed in response to that. You know, we deserve to grieve every time when that's presently happening and what's happening isn't syncing up with our reality. Because it is scary, even as an adult, even as the person that we are right now, you know, whether we encountered a a big shakeup or a small one, whether we feel a little fear or a lot of fear, we still feel fear and we deserve to grieve that and acknowledge that and soothe ourselves because it happened 
You deserve to give yourself that acknowledgement and more that you didn't get as a child. And so, how do we grieve? I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) We grieve by soothing. Because I personally believe that grief is a form of soothing. We grieve by acknowledging that things did not turn out the way that we thought and feeling whatever feelings accompany that acknowledgement. And you can simply just say, wow, things did not work out how I had planned. Things did not work out how we had planned, talking to yourself and say, and I am so sorry for that. You know, sprinkle in a little nicknames to be gentle with yourself. Personally, I call myself my love. (laughs) So you can say, wow, wow, baby. Wow, my love. Wow. Even say your name. Things did not work out how we had planned. And I'm so sorry. Give yourself compassion because that's a signal that you're emotionally safe to open up to yourself and tell yourself how you feel and all that you feel about what happened. You can grieve by creating understanding with yourself, understanding why you thought things would turn out differently and acknowledging that part of yourself without judging. Because just because things didn't work out how you planned, it doesn't mean that you were wrong. You know, we're not looking to blame here, just to process. And so creating understanding within yourself of how and why you thought things would turn out differently as a way to talk to yourself and go over it. And then attempting to understand why things turned out the way they did is a way to grieve. And also knowing Having that in your mind that sometimes you will never fully understand a situation because it isn't all black and white, you know, and sometimes it is. And you will be able to learn where you made the mistake in thinking, you know, without judging yourself because you're not in trouble. (laughs) And that's something that is really important to say to yourself a lot, like reassure yourself whenever you feel scared that you're not in trouble. Whenever you make a mistake and you're scared that you did, reassure yourself that you're not in trouble. And that can allow you to feel safe to voice your emotions. But then, yeah, and then you just incorporate that knowledge into your life. You mainly grieve by letting your feelings ebb and flow and not trying to rush the process. Because some days you'll have a heavy understanding and you will be able to live and operate um, with it out of your mind. That especially goes for relationships and instances where you felt rejected. You know, that happened for me when the thing with the person that I was dating did not work out. There were days I felt like I fully understood it. And I was, you know, it was out of my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I really have healed. (laughs) But then those other days came that may come, you know, in your grieving process where you will be reminded of the situation or your mind will want to go over it again. And it's perfectly okay to set boundaries with yourself so that you don't endlessly ruminate and overthink But you got to make sure you're not pushing your feelings away. And the best way to create that balance is to simply check in with your body. That, for me, is the way to grieve. Because our emotions are stored within our body. You know, they are a bodily reaction or cause a bodily reaction. And so, checking in mindfully with your body Making sure you're in your body as you're grieving is the best way to confront how you actually feel. How you actually feel and not just intellectualize your feelings and not just think about it a lot and not just process it with your mind and not just think you're processing it because you're ruminating on it. 
Woo child. And so, all in all, lastly, just know that you deserve to grieve. You know, even the smallest, most seemingly arbitrary things. You deserve to grieve them because these things obviously matter to you. So why not? Take it from a highly sensitive person. I have to grieve a lot of seemingly arbitrary things. But I know why they mean a lot to me. Because I can see exactly what they triggered. That's the beauty of being sensitive. Being able to dive deep. You know? And so... That's why I tell people, feel your feelings, no matter what small thing triggered them. You don't have to discount your feelings in any way. If you feel like you want to cry because the nail polish you got, the color in the bottle looks different than what's on your nails right now, do it. Who cares? Who literally cares? Feeling like this, grieving and soothing, they're all liberation. And they're all ways to connect back with yourself, to stand up for yourself in this world that does not prioritize feelings or sensitivity. You know, stand up for your ability to feel, for your right to feel. After a life of having your feelings downplayed, you know, doing your best to make sure you're feeling, to urge yourself to feel and be sad and cry and process your hard emotions, as well as feel and bask in the quote unquote good ones. That's feeling human again. And yes, it goes that deep. Because our feelings is what makes us feel human. You know, it's a big part of feeling human. And as we grow, we're disconnected from our feelings. And so in a way, we're not allowed to be fully human. And that starts in such a vulnerable and sensitive time and as children, From that early point, we are not allowed to be human and indulge in this big part of what makes us human. And we're also not allowed to fuck up and make mistakes and cry and be emotional and sensitive. So we may walk around feeling inadequate and feeling incompetent and not good enough and not worthy and worthless. And these feelings may come out in every single little mistake we make. And you deserve to feel human. And that's why you deserve to grieve. You deserve to see yourself as a full, well-rounded human and allow yourself to be that. That's why you deserve to grieve. And that's why you deserve to feel and be your full self constant, um, confidently even while making mistakes you deserve to be human remember that so who child that took a lot out of me but i love talking about this it's so interesting and it's so soul touching because i see a lot of us operating not as humans and I once did. So I and I'm sensitive. So I know what that looks like and what it feels like. And I think and people may like disagree, which is weird, but I think we all deserve to feel good about ourselves. So please grieve. Feel your feelings. And I wish you compassion, love, peace and true ease in your feel sessions and feeling the things that you have been scared for years to feel thank y'all so much for listening uh if you enjoyed this episode you know tweet me write me all of that let me know (laughs) it does a lot 
once again, thank y'all for listening. I will see y'all. Y'all will hear me next Sunday. Goodbye.